Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Joined by Jihei Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. Uh, Jihei, big night here in Los Angeles. The Lakers have a chance to close out the Warriors. How are you feeling? I mean, I think I'm as confident as you guys are. Um, uh, seven and a half point favorite for uh, Golden State. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's that's the expectation Brandon and I have. Um, yeah. Loop in uh, Jake here shortly. But Brandon, I think you're kind of like me. I'm obviously going to be watching the game. Um, uh not confident in this game, not thinking we should uh, wave the white flag like some people. But anyways, uh, Brandon, your thoughts on the game tonight? I think it may be close for a half. Um, I think the Warriors are just going to go off in the third quarter. I think they're due. Um, you know, Clay is due. I think Clay is going to have a big game. Steph is going to always be good. I think even Wiggins is due. Maybe even Jordan Poole. Like, they're at home. I don't see them losing. Sure, I hope they lose. But when the Warriors start shooting, the Lakers have no chance because they can't shoot. This is one of the, I mean, they have the best defense remaining in, in the playoffs. I mean, they're better than Boston right now defensively, and I'll give them credit. That's why they can win the championship. But look at the numbers by just EFG percentage. Anthony Davis, 53.7. That's in the 46th percentile. LeBron, 52.7, 37th percentile. Austin Reeves, 48.8%. That's in the 23rd percentile. Dennis Schroeder's in the 19th percentile. Troy Brown Jr., he doesn't play much. Zero percentile. Vanderbilt, 17th percentile. Like, D'Angelo Russell, 50th percentile, 48.6. This is not a good shooting team, the Lakers. They win on defense. And I just don't think they're going to be able to hold the Warriors to under 115 to win this game tonight. I really don't. I love the realistic Brandon, by the way. I'm loving by the way, the no, 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 no. I'm not going to give him his flowers. This is not realistic Brandon. This is the crap that he pulls when he wants his team to win. So he does the reverse thing. He does it on this, this uh, text thing. And I've apologized to him before. Like, I hop off that toxic text chain because, you know, uh, it's, it's a one-point game or it's a tie game. And he's very, like, this game is over. He does this with the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> doing this with the Lakers. Well, I expect dominance 100 percent of the time, I and I you. hate I hate when I don't see the team play into their potential. My dad's the same way, by the way. He's like he won't watch the Lakers because he's like when even when they won the championship in 2020, he was like, "What are they doing? Why are they even in five six five games six games against the Heat?" I'm like, "Dad, they just won a championship." Be like, they didn't play well enough. Okay. <laughs> Jake, uh, well, no, listen, I I feel you, Jake. Uh, your confidence going into Game Five again. The Lakers have a chance to close out the Warriors. They had three chance to, chances to do it. I think we're kind of in agreement. They kind of have one chance, realistically, game six. I, I'm not confident in game five. I'm certainly not confident if this goes to game seven. But, uh, Jake, your thoughts on tonight's game five? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of where you guys are. I'm not I'm not super confident in this one, but you know, coming the Warriors Steph Steph was by far the best player on the floor in game 4 and for the Warriors not to come out with that game it's definitely a punch um that they took especially having it come at the hands of Lonnie Walker which none of them none of them uh expected expected to happen so you know it's a it's a huge punch for the Warriors to take they got to win 3 in a row um I didn't love I want to say it was Max Kellerman saying the Lakers should rest LeBron and AD. Well, you have three games to win one. It's better than two games to win one, and especially if you lose game six going into game seven. Um, that's that's an environment you definitely don't want to find yourself in. So I'm not I'm not super confident in this one, but I mean it's it's a playoff game. They're going out there and, oh, and yeah. hopefully hopefully you know we can we can get it done in five because you get to game six, anything can happen in a game seven. So that's, I'd like to close it out as soon as we can. I think that we are all kind of still believing that the Warriors are the Warriors. I know I am. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, and again, it's not like we, we've not seen this in a while. We just saw what the Warriors and Steph Curry did in Game 7 against the Kings. But I think we're, we're kind of not anticipating the Lakers to bounce the Warriors in five games, do it on their home floor. Um, so, again, we're... Still thinking that Steph's going to be Steph at some point. Clay's going to be Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole at some point is going to play to to some degree the way he did uh, a year ago. If that doesn't happen, though, you know, if the Lakers kind of uh, shock a lot of people and and close out the Warriors in five games, I mean, that, 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 that would be an amazing accomplishment. If they just do it in six games, obviously, we'll be thrilled. Um, guys, according to Las Vegas, and again, these lines shift day to day following games. They were momentarily the favorites to win the NBA championship after the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Boston Celtics in game five taking a 3-2 series lead, so they have a chance to close out that series in Philadelphia in Game 6. The Denver Nuggets joined them as co-favorites at 3-1, to one. Uh, so that's where we stand there. I think I think Las Vegas is, is thinking if the Celtics are no longer in contention, um, you know, they, they like the winner of the Western Conference to win the uh, championship. Brandon, I'll, I'll start with you. You said on the show yesterday, if you had a choice, if you had a, if, you know, if you had to pick a team that you'd like to face in the second round, it would be the Denver Nuggets, and it looks like that is the way that it will go. Whether they close it out in six or whether they close it out in seven, it does seem like that will be the team that they would play. Yeah, uh, I like the Lakers' chances. That's the that's the that's Denver's kryptonite. But just going back to the odds, I think it makes sense. We I also said on yesterday, sh- uh, yesterday no, the day before yesterday's show, Monday show, before the Lakers took a commanding three one lead, that they should be the favorites to win it all. And I stand by that. I think they're the best team remaining. Their defense defense wins championships. They have it. Um, and now I think it's crazy because they started two and ten. And I don't want to be unrealistic, like you say, Arash. I am content with whatever happens as long as we, you know, just keep playing good basketball, playing to our strengths, playing defense. But I think at this point it comes to Laker Nation realizing the realistic expectation is a championship now. It just is. And I think Jake Jake knows it too. I think you have this. LeBron's 38. I don't, you don't know if you're going to be back here, even though the team will be undoubtedly good next year, regardless of who they have. I think the Lakers have to be favorites. And thank thank. Thank the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself, for making the Celtics lose yesterday. Uh, nothing better than a Celtics loss, right? I mean, the 76ers, death taxes and Doc Rivers choking a playoff series. Guess it'll have to wait one more series. I'm just glad that that is going to happen. Last thing I'll say here, though, Celtics aren't finished. 
Remember last year, they're down 3-2 to Milwaukee. They lost at home. They won in Milwaukee, then they won game seven. I'm expecting a Tatum 44 performance as bad as he's played in game sticks. And I do expect Boston to really take this series seven. I hope it doesn't happen um, because I do think that is the toughest team for the Lakers remaining. But I think most people would say that the Warriors are the toughest team. The Lakers are going to play the whole playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Jake, well, again, you've, you've kind of tracked the numbers. Again, I, I'm texting with a friend in Vegas because he tweeted this out, and he said uh, at the Westgate Superbook, and I, and I still have to check with them, he said in November after the Lakers were 2-10, and 10, the Lakers were 201 long shots. I, I just, that is such a crazy long shot odds for a Lakers team that, yes, they missed the playoffs a year ago. They were below 500, whatever. They begin this season 2-10, and 10, but 201, I still have to get that confirmed. Like, the longest I saw in December was 60-1. to 1. But anyway, Jake, 3-1, th- th- they are now uh, co-favorites with Denver. Your thoughts on that? I mean, these odds aren't just moving day-to-day. These odds move, like, mid-game. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy to watch. Like, based on teams up in a third quarter are going to take a lead. Like, these, these odds are moving faster than anything I've ever seen. Um but yeah, I'm not like I'm not super scared of of Denver or Phoenix. Like I don't know why. I don't like I I don't I watch Denver and Jokic is great. But like the rest of that team just doesn't scare me. Like I can't I can't get scared about Bruce Brown and KCP. Like I just can't. <laughs> and Phoenix, Phoenix is a two-man wrecking crew. I mean, if you slow one of those guys down, which is quite the task. Um like campaign and Jock Landale, like they don't scare me. Like I, I don't know, I don't know how scared other teams are of guys like Austin Reeves and and Dennis Schroeder, but I mean they're getting the job done playing defense. And as Brandon said, that's how you win championships. Whether it's you know baseball pitching wins championships, football basketball defense wins championships. Like when you get down to these games at the end of the year, offense offense is great, but you gotta you gotta slow the other side down. Um, and the Lakers do that better than anyone in the league, and I think the odds the odds reflect that. So it, it's a matter of getting through this series, and then you know I, I think Philly and Boston or whoever comes out of the East is probably a greater task in the NBA Finals than whoever they play in the Western Conference Final. It's kind of the way I felt all year, um, but I think I mean the odds make sense. Ga, um, listen, I mean, I, I, if. I saw 201, even though I had no confidence that the Lakers would have done anything at 2-10 and 10 to begin the season in November. I think I would have put something down on that. You've, uh, you've often uh, been very successful in the futures market. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. If I saw 200-1, to 1, I'd be like, why not put 20 bucks down, 50 yeah. bucks down? If right. you see two hundred to one on anything, you take right. it. anything. You got yeah. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I know that at that point they weren't playing well. But that's what I've always said with this team. That listen, give me two of the best players in the world when they're healthy and when they're playing right. And even if I lose two hundred to one, that's why again, like while we're talking on the air, like I'm texting with a friend to get confirmation on that six sixty to one. I get it. Sixty to one. I get. 201, that's, that's the odds you put on the Grizzlies or the Pelicans or just, I don't know. And the reason I put them in that same boat is that we saw what the Grizzlies were, and I, I've told you guys this time and time again. Show me a team that's done it before. Like the gr- Grizzlies, despite them being the two-seed, um, yeah, just got confirmation. 
from Jeff Sherman at the Westgate. By the way, Jeff is a Lakers fan. I love Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook. He said 201 was the longest in mid-November. Nuts. I mean, if I'm walking the sports book, and depending on how many drinks I've had, I may have put 100 on that, which is why Jeff is telling me the Lakers are the favorites at the Westgate Superbook because of that. They they have to, you know, hedge the bets and all that stuff. Uh, and the Lakers have to be the biggest liability of the books, right? Well, not even close. Not even close. Again, uh, the, the the odds in, in sports books in Vegas when it comes to teams in Los Angeles are a little skewed because of the number of people there from Los Angeles. But Brandon, 200 to 1, crazy. I know, and I have this bet slip right here, January 30th. I know I was a bit late, right before the trade deadline. I put 20 bucks down to win 280 uh, Lakers to win Western Conference, plus 1,400. Yeah. I'm really liking that one. I don't have a lot of good bets like Jake Dicker. Jake Dicker wins all of his bets, <laughs> most of my, which is part of the so reason from the truth. Which is part of the reason why I tailed him on the on most of the, I mean, Logan Webb, the future on Logan Webb's looking good. Uh, Adley Rushman, Arenado's looking terrible. That guy for, fell off the face of the earth. But look, what I will say is I'm excited about that, but I think it's finally going to hit because I lost $200. I mean, I need to catch the Embiid one for 50, but I lost like 180 on the Jokic Embiid race. Yeah, this is just, um, but, but by the way, I'm having 2020 vibes, G. Hey, this is when we began the show, uh, October <laughs> 2020, and you had the Miami Heat playing the Boston Celtics. We'll see if that happens in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers defeating the Heat. Um, all right, like, let's, let's talk about some of the other matchups. I mean, listen, Brandon, we are both in agreement, Jake, as well, that, that the Lakers will probably not go on the road and win game five. By the way, we saw a team just do that last night and not only just win, but win convincingly. The Philadelphia 76ers go into Boston and that game was not close. And if this team goes on some kind of run here, they have this moment of this eureka moment. You got to point to this game as the moment where they truly believed in themselves because that's an amazing accomplishment to go into Boston and win like that. And if they can close this out in game six, incredible uh, your thoughts on that series? Again, the Boston Celtics began that game as the favorites, the consensus favorites to win the championships, and their season may be done this week. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. Or Jim, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, I, I still think Boston's probably top to bottom, the best roster remaining. Uh, I don't think there's any, I mean, maybe the Lakers because a different guy steps up every night, but that's more of the testament of team culture. I think the difference we're seeing between the Lakers and the, and the Celtics is team chemistry. The Lakers love each other. Uh, unlike last year, um, this team is really bought in. It seems like everybody's bought in. And for the Celtics, we've seen the disconnect between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum all year because um, Brown knew that he was being sh like shipped and talked about in trade talks. For Kevin Durant, that fell through. He's still there. Uh, and I think Joe Mazzulla doesn't have the locker room. I've always said it. I said it at the beginning of the year, Joe Mazzulla is not Ime Atoka. He's going to screw this team over, and he's done exactly that. He's not a good coach. Uh, I told you, a literal monkey, a possum, could coach this team, and they'd win 55-plus games. That is how talented this roster is is this he's not making Golden, adjustments uh, but, but hold up but this isn't like the golden state warriors that won 73 games like they no, they, no. they're a good team but i i don't think that they're this you could put like any dog or cat as a head coach and like i i, I don't think they're that great they, I, they I, are a good I, team they you know but 
I I actually disagree with that point only because they have they almost are one of the greatest of, teams ever. Like 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 I, I, I think don't regular, coach. No, I'm not saying that. I just think it's crazy because they are the best roster, I feel like, since yeah. Golden State with Kevin Durant. And here's why. They had 118 offensive rating. What are the best of all time? Defensively, they were top five. Malcolm Brogdon is your sixth or seventh guy. He's a top 100 player in the league. Derek White's awesome. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. I know they lack a center. I guess Robert Williams is playing 20 minutes. But Tatum, Brown, I mean, I think this is the best roster we've seen. And I think the stats back it up since KD's Warriors. I really do. And they, I think the only reason why they are losing is because of team chemistry. What are your thoughts, Jake? I mean, I don't know if I would throw them up there with the KD Warriors. Um, I mean, the top, I mean, one through five, they're pro- I mean, they're the best lineup in the league. I'll give you that. But I don't think they're this like all time great team by any means um tough look for al horford to refer to himself as an elite shooter in an interview and then go over then go over seven from three um but everyone everyone was talking about james harden needing to show up and give them 35 again and then tyrese max you just said all right i'll give you 30 um remember who i am which was which was great but i mean they went into the garden i think I think in their last like 20 home playoff games, Boston's 10 and 10. Like the garden's not this crazy home court like advantage that it used to be. And, you know, referred to as one of the most hostile environments in the sport. Like they're not, they're not defending that home court the way they used to. Um, but it, very impressive for Philly to go in there. And I mean, they won the game by 12, but it wasn't, it wasn't that close. Um, there was a pretty convincing win. Um, and Bede put up, what do you have? 33, 35, somewhere in that range. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Philly's, if Philly's clicking and they catch Boston sleeping again, that could be, I mean, I on Monday show said that I would still put money on Boston to, to win the title. Um, cause I thought they were the most complete team in the league. And I still don't know if, if I'm going to, like deviate from that point. I think they still might be the most complete team in the league, but they got to figure it out. Um, Missoula is not doing them any favors. So, I mean, their backs against the wall. They're down three, two, they got to, they got to win their next two or, you know, head to Cancun. Yeah. This, this team, unfortunately, I think they're in disarray. I don't, I don't really see it. Um, Not only is it coaching, not only is there a disconnect. I mean, these guys are choking it away, right? Like I, I agree with Brandon. This is a very well-constructed team. This is a team that should be winning. This is a team that should not be down three to two. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, this, this kind of reminds me of last year, even with a great coaching staff and even with this squad, they just, I, I, I don't know. They just can't win, in my, in my opinion. In my By the way, opinion. this is a unique offseason where you do have uh, three championship coaches available to you. That's very rare. The, uh, the coaches that won the championship amazingly in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, you know, listen, generally speaking, a coach would not be on a hot seat. But listen, uh, Joe Mazzula didn't take over the job under normal circumstances. And now you have Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, and Mike Budenholzer available. If you are the Celtics, what do you do? Uh, Jake, I'll go to you. Uh, I mean, I think the Celtics have a huge offseason ahead of them with Jalen Brown um, potentially wanting out on his way out. And that's, I mean, potentially the biggest piece outside of the coaching search. You got to go with an established guy. Um, I know like the, the Raptors interviewed J.J. Redick, which I love J.J. Redick, but I don't think he can slide into that environment um, right away. 
it could be a Nick Nurse type of thing. Um, it could be the job Kenny Atkinson finally takes. Um, but they'll definitely go out and grab, you know, a guy who I, has winning experience, has coaching experience um, within the league. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's Nick Nurse, right? G? I think that's got to be because their defense, what Ime did, which was so successful, was defensive adjustments. Missoula is not great at defensive adjustments. They have good defensive players. I think Nurse is the guy for the job. Yeah, I agree with Brandon. Nurse is definitely the guy up for um, that is the highest contender in my personal book um, out of those three. J.J. Redick doing it. I mean, if he wanted to coach, he would have been coaching by now. <laughs> Let's get real. That kid can do whatever he wants. So well, he took um, it, he took an interview with Toronto. Yeah, but but again, I'm saying I, I'm I'm just saying like when once he retired, there's some people that want to coach, and there's some people that are like, you know what? I I'm will say this, this though, GJ. Before we go to break, you're 100 percent right. I don't know if JJ Redick wanted to coach. For example, I don't know at what point Steve Kerr wanted to coach. Steve Kerr didn't work his way up the ranks. He was an executive. I mean, player executive, and then became. A head coach. I mean, like when Toronto calls you up and says, hey, you've never coached before, but we like what you're doing on TV. We want to give you a shot. So would he have gone to Duke and or like a G League team? No. But I think when a, uh, you know, if, if you can become a head coach and it, it's happened before, we'll see how that all plays out. All right. Let's leave it there for now. Uh, when we come back, talking more about the Lakers again, amazingly enough. The co-favorites to win the NBA championship along with the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk about them and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 from the California of the Vet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bed in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment and just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Okay, we're going to go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, but we'll be joined by our good friend Jake Dicker because, uh, you know, he's he's back from Europe. Jake, I'll start with you on this one before I go around uh, the uh, room here. The favorites to win the championship last night, and again, these things change day by day, were the Boston Celtics. And again, we just talked about in the first segment how talented they are. Perhaps their coach is the only thing holding them back. Did the Lakers' path to a championship get, again, you don't want to think too far ahead, but listen, if, if, if the season progresses the way it has, the number one seeded Milwaukee Bucks are done. If the number two seed Boston Celtics are now done, how much easier is the path for a championship for the Los Angeles Lakers? 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's much easier. I've, I've said since the beginning of the playoffs, even with Milwaukee around, I thought Boston was the most complete team in the East. Um, and if they're gone, it's it definitely opens things up if you can get to the NBA Finals. I think, um, you know, the Lakers. I think I think their biggest enemy at this point is themselves. I think if they if they play their game and they're able to get the defensive stops and able to use the right pieces offensively, get AD but the ball in the post. Um, you know, LeBron, I, LeBron's taking way too many outside shots for my liking. Like yeah. they're, they're not falling. And when he's attacking the rim, as he's done his entire career, he's scoring at a really high clip, um, which I think they just need to focus in on. So if the Lakers can really figure out what's working for them, or, I mean, they figured it out. They're, they're what five wins away from the NBA finals, um, really hone that in. I think their biggest enemy is themselves. So yes, Boston losing 1000% helps, but I don't think there's a team that can beat the Lakers um, if the Lakers are playing their basketball. Brandon, Absolutely. We, we uh, touched on this because I actually said yesterday, like, listen, I don't want to play the Celtics. I, I think that, that, that they are, they've been this superior team that they, they'd be returning to the, the NBA finals. Um, and you're like, nope, bring it on. And by the way, GH, to your credit, we'll see how this all plays out. You're like, Jason Tatum will choke in a big spot. Brandon, I'll go to you first. I mean, if the Celtics are not there and you're looking at what the Heat, the Sixers, I'm not worried about the Knicks, it does seem like the pathway towards a championship has improved. Oh, absolutely. And considering we were okay facing the Nuggets out of the play-in in the first round, if we lost that Minnesota game and had to go win against the Pelicans, now you get it, but you get it in the Western Conference Finals, right? I mean, Jokic has been playing amazing. I think he's by far, not by far because Booker's been playing really good, but I think Jokic is the best player in the playoffs right now. I think he's all around offensively been dominant. He's almost as efficient as Booker. I know he's not taking as hard shots, and I give Booker his credit because what he's done this postseason is incredible. That's going to be tough. But remember, look what we did a couple of years ago. We're going to see more Wenyan. We're going to see more Mo Bamba, TT, to throw at Jokic because Jokic is going to get hit, right? We're going to put Vandy on Murray, assuming we win the series. Uh, it's a big assumption because we, st we still have to win a game. But Denver is the team I'm looking at that we're going to play. I think that's a good matchup for us. And I do think coming out of the Eastern Conference will be the Miami Heat. I think we forget uh, if Philadelphia can win this series against Boston – Miami owns Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler is literally Joel Embiid's father. I mean, every time he plays him, he puts up 50 points. I'm not kidding. It's crazy. I think Jake can attest to this. I mean, there were games this year where Bam was going crazy, locking down Embiid. Jimmy Butler is going great. The way Max Struess is playing, they might not even need Tyler Hero to go to the finals. And then that's a matchup the Lakers would win in five. They beat the Miami Heat in five games. So I really hope that is, that is the way it goes because I really want a championship. But again... Uh, the world, I mean, I, it can't be that great for us, right, Arash? The Celtics are gonna, <laughs> Celtics are gonna come back and win. Let's be real. Right? Lakers no, are gonna no. lose Game Five. We're gonna be stressed as heck Friday. Like, come on, you know that's how it's gonna go. I wish they could win tonight. The Celtics lose tomorrow, and it's all good in the world, and we're celebrating. But I, honestly, I, I, I think Denver's really good, but I still think we would beat them in six. I really do. Gee, hey, yeah, you called I, it. I mean, by the way, so I, I am tuning into the show. I'm driving around, and and Jihei's like, listen, give me Jason Tatum in a big spot because he's – and by the way, he, he's a dookie, right? So yeah. yeah, and you you know I love my dookies. I'm, I'm a huge fan, but um, – and he, he, rightfully so, he is a great player. There's no doubt about it. Like, nobody's going to deny that you're really good at what you do, my guy, but at the same time – just in big, huge moments, he chokes. And it's just, it's been consistent throughout 
the years. It's this isn't like a one off kind of thing, right? This isn't something where okay, like I just I just don't have a lot of faith, unfortunately, with Tatum. Um, that being said, before we move, before I move on and tell you who I think that um, should be the, uh, I would love for the matchup to be uh, for the finals. Stafford just got inducted into the Texas High School Football Hall of Fame, and I just like to say congratulations to him. Um, How was that breaking? I saw the Rams tweet that out, and I'm like, I think it's great. Great. Well, I mean, you, he, I, I don't know what the what the you know what you need to do to get into this t- Texas High School Hall of Fame. <sighs> He's one of the great quarterbacks of our generation, Super Bowl champion, number one. I'll be like. <laughs> I, I don't know at what point he wasn't going to get in, but no, I, I appreciate you, G, giving Matt Stafford his flowers. But I'm like, I, that was kind of interesting. I think, yeah. I think that's great. Texas, I mean, no no offense to all the religious fanatics out there by any means, but Texas, it, like, it goes football first and everything else is last. Was, so, there, was there, like, ever a debate that Matthew Stafford was going to get into this Texas High School Hall of Fame? I mean, I mean no, I get that, but it's so, <laughs> Significant. By the way, how, how big is that list? How big is that list? I mean, I, I, to be honest, when it comes to the Texas High School Hall of Fame, I'm not going to say that I know a ton about <laughs> it. But uh, by the way, um, your your guy, G. Hey, Mike Shishetsky has a new job. He is the the National Basketball Association announces he's the new is a new position cr- created for Coach K, special advisor to basketball operations. I don't know what that entails, but listen, I mean, if you have a chance to work with Coach K in some way. Perform, GA. How involved is he? I, I got to imagine he's still pretty involved with, with all things Duke, right? Yes, he is still currently, um, obviously a part of the recruitment process, but that's only for like the major ones. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you want to get your top five players into Duke, that's you. You make the phone call and say, "Please come to this um, yeah. recruitment dinner or whatever." But um, and he's still on campus. Duke is still paying him. He's still on the Duke payroll. Uh, he still has an office there. He's still him and his wife. Still have an officer, they're ambassadors to the university. But uh yeah, good for him for getting a you know, well, a made up position for, for well, the NBA. Right. <laughs> uh, so I'm reading this. So in his new role, Shashevsky will provide counsel to the league office, the NBA team executives, and other leaders across the league on a host of issues related to the game. I mean, that's just like a it's like a word salad. I don't know what that role yeah. is. Hey, good for him. Okay. Um Guys, th- th- there's this meme or there's this uh, there's this um, talk going around that what's happening in this postseason proves that the bubble was real. Uh, look, at you got the Heat. They're about to advance to the conference finals. The Celtics could still advance to the conference finals. The Nuggets, one game away from the conference finals. The Lakers, one went away from the conference finals. And again, those were the last four teams in the bubble. As much as I... Agree, the bubble should be respected. I, it was a legitimate championship. This year has nothing to do with that year. If you look at the Lakers, for example, there are only two players on the Lakers who were on that championship team in 2020, and you guessed it right. It's LeBron James and it's Anthony Davis. All the other players have changed. So while I agree that the championship in Orlando is legitimate, unless you're telling me of if, if there's no crowd there, and by the way, that hurts the Lakers, which is why I've always said I, I give the Lakers more credit for that championship because we're seeing during this run, we're seeing during this run where the Lakers have not lost at home during this entire postseason. Home court advantage means something. The Lakers were deprived of that. They had to go all the way to Orlando to play all of their home and away games. 
Jake, I'll start with you. I mean, again, it, it's it's a convenient uh, tweet. I've seen a ton of uh, people tweet it. Like, look, and again, it's it's going to grow. People are going to continue to talk about it. If it's the Nuggets and the Lakers, and if it's the Heat and the Celtics, more and more people will continue to say, look at the bubble. We're seeing it play out once again. Darvin Ham was an assistant coach during the bubble yeah. in a different organization. Like, yep. it's it's there's no... Like, I get that it's, like, the easy thing to do when you see these four teams. It's, like, the easy comparison to make. But it's there's, it's so unbelievably different. Yeah. Like, LeBron is not, like, yes, he's on the team, but he's a completely different player, or at least in this in this postseason, than he was in the bubble. Like, the, the circumstances surrounding the games were different. There, I mean, there was no – they were playing in a ballroom. Like, if you just, like <laughs> – you go from, like, a bird's eye view and you picture what that really looked like, like – with what was at stake it was crazy that they were able to make that work but yeah it's it's a lazy i think it's lazy it, i don't think one thing has anything to do with the other like i think it's great to see these teams back um potentially rematches of conference finals from 2020 but it's it's an incredibly incredibly different year brandon different teams but i mean that would be a, a, an amazing uh thing if Three years after the fact, you have the same four teams in the conference finals. By the way, those four teams didn't even get past the first round the following year. Uh, again, short offseason. But what what would be your takeaway if the same four teams in 2020 in the bubble once again advance in 2023? I mean, I think Jake hit it right on the money. It's it, Everything's different, but also, it, uh, just like you said, Arach, that it just gives the bubble more validity. I think that was a tough championship to win. The Lakers were the best team in the league regardless. Uh, everybody that I've heard opposed the Lakers, like saying it's a Mickey Mouse ring, is either a Celtics fan or inept. So, I mean, it's like, uh, those are the only two, like, arguments. Like, from people I know, it's like a Celtics fan. Oh, it's a Mickey Mouse ring. Like, okay, congratulations. You have one title since, two thousand, since like, 1985, right? Like, come on. Celtics have one, have one championship. One championship in the last 40 years. Like, exactly. Come on now. Stop talking. You know, I hate to say it, but those are the people that I only hear opposed, opposed. The bubble's validity. Those and fans that hate the Lakers. It's very simple. Yeah. Makes sense. I think this Laker yeah. hate I think this <laughs> Laker hate needs to needs to go away at the same time. I mean, there's other people that were not very like pro the bubble championship that are not Laker that are that I feel like have that middle ground of the Lakers. Like they're not like they don't hate them, but they don't love them. They're like, eh, they're indifferent. Because I've heard that from other fans that, like, have nothing to do with the Lakers. Like, you can be talking to Philly fans. You can be talking. It doesn't matter. Like, a, a lot of them. And I think and I, I think it's also because they don't, re they don't realize what that entailed. I'm not saying that this championship has no validity. I think what, they, what every team did in the bubble is rough. And I would never wish that on my worst enemy, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. But... Uh, I just no. It, it makes I, sense. I, I, there's other people. Well, I mean, listen. I think it's generally people that did not see their team win, so they, it's very simple at that point to kind of like you know throw shade at that championship. But I get it because he, even Laker fans, for example, LeBron James should not have to win another championship to prove himself to Laker fans. But I do believe that because in 2020, they won the championship the way that they did. I mean, people have to remember, and again, it's, it's been so long since this happened. Following the passing of Kobe Bryant, so prior to Kobe's passing, like LeBron was still dealing with a lot of pushback. Like, you know, you're not better than Kobe. Like, you're not a Laker. All this junk. 
the night that LeBron took the microphone at center court following the passing of Kobe, I mean, that was the moment the Lakers fans really embraced him. And, and, and it was a big moment for him. And they go on to kind of have this amazing season where they're the number one seed in the West. They were positioning themselves for perhaps the number one seed in the league. The Milwaukee Bucks had that, but it was really an amazing season for them. 60 plus games. And then the pandemic hits. And then the Lakers picked up where they left off. They were the best team in the West. They were, in my view, that last weekend of the season, beat Milwaukee, beat the Clippers. They were the best team in the league. LeBron didn't get the get to enjoy that the way he has this postseason, right? Where, you know, 20,000 fans are chanting his name, chanting MVP if they win. Parade down Figueroa, 100,000 people. I mean, like, like all this stuff that you get when you win a championship, he didn't get that. And so I think even Lakers fans, to your point, G.H., so I'm agreeing with you, they kind of forget that. And it's like, listen, if LeBron wins his second championship here, it would be an incredible accomplishment. But let's not diminish the one that he won. That's hard to do. So we'll see how this season plays out. But it, it, what I've loved about this season, and I've talked about it before, is how it came out of nowhere. We just touched on the Lakers were 201 long shots in November when they began the season at two and 10 looked like they were, you know, not going to go to even the postseason prior to the trade deadline. And they are here right now Uh, before we uh, wrap up, because again, we have Jake, we have Brandon and we talk in the second segment, always like, listen, call us if you want tickets. I'm telling you guys out there, $5 tickets to see the Angels, to see a transcendent talent like Shohei Otani, to see Mike Trout. Brandon, we've seen this team kind of have these good starts where they kind of are in contention uh, at the beginning of the seasons. We've seen this b- before. Do you have any glimpse or a sense that this could be different this season? Yeah, Uh Yes and no. I do think this is a more poised team because of Matt Moore and Carlos Estevez in the bullpen. They have two really dominant relievers, and Herget is pretty good. He proved it in the past, even though he's been hurt and not pitching well this year. The lineup, it's going to be everything. And beating the Astros. They beat. They already were one and one with the Astros um, in this series. they got to win the games Otani pitches. There's no excuses. Framber Valdez turns into Cy Young against the Angels. He always has. He has like a career .93 RA against them. The only team that can't figure out, I mean, Valdez is great, a Cy Young candidate, but other teams find out how to score at least one run off him, right? The Angels cannot. They lost that game. Their division's tough, and it's going to take 93 wins to make the to make the playoffs in the AL this year, a close to it. I mean, that's how good the AL is. They're going to kind of have to win the division to make it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go on the side of caution and say, no, they are not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to trade Shohei, and he's going to leave and sign somewhere else, and they're just going to be in a pit for an organization. I hope I'm wrong, but like, that's where I think it's heading. Jake, do you agree with that? Because, I mean, Shohei has not said that. I think a lot of people who've talked to him have sensed that, but it's basically like, listen, I've tasted big time baseball. World baseball classic was an amazing experience. If you guys can't get me to the postseason, I am leaving. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I agree with the fact that they're going to have to win the division just with the expanded playoff. Like, there's there's other ways to get in. 
But just looking at the Angels roster, like I think that they're the third or fourth best team in that division. Like I, I just don't think the starting pitching is there. I think that, I think they're, I mean they're not better than Houston. They're not better than Seattle, and I think they're right there with Texas. So I'm I love Brandon. I love Seattle. You're not going to get me off the Seattle train. I love <laughs> that team. Um, but I just don't think outside of Otani, like Patrick Sandoval has been good. Reed Detmers has been underwhelming. Tyler Anderson's not what he was last year with the Dodgers because. He doesn't have Mark Pryor in his back pocket. And Jose Suarez has been terrible. Griffin Canning is fine. Like he's got, they got a bunch of guys who are good for the regular season, but not guys that are going to go out there in the playoffs and win you games. So as great as the offense can be, especially with Rendon getting going, Hunter Renfro's hitting home runs. Um, Zach Neto hit his first home run last night, I think. Um, love him as a prospect. But pitching wins, and I don't think there's enough there yet um in terms of their starting rotation which sucks because coming into the year i thought they had you know one of the better sneaky rotations in the league brandon jake likes seattle you brought up the team because again whenever anyone talks about shohei it's new york it's the mets and the yankees it's the dodgers you brought up seattle and i i can't stop thinking about seattle as a destination for shohei otani given its location given its history obviously with Suzuki and uh, if if that team shows that they are Shohei Otani away from a championship, he may go there, right? Uh, I think I think they win multiple World Series if Shohei Otani goes there. Jared Kelnick's turned into a superstar finally. I know. I mean, he had a good first month. He's struggling right now. He's great. You have Luis Castillo. You have Cole Young in the minors. You have Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, who's a stud, um, great closer, Munoz. I mean, they have everything a World Series team needs except Shohei Otani. I think if they had Shohei Otani, that's almost a 100-win team every single year, regardless of their lineup, because their pitching is just going to be so dominant. Am I wrong, Jake? And their prospects are elite. Yeah, they're, I mean, I love their rotation. I love Logan Gilbert. I love George Kirby. Luis Castillo is a great pickup. Um, Kalanick's slowing down a little bit. Julio Rodriguez has not gotten off to nearly the start this year that people expect him to have coming off his rookie of the year campaign. But, you know, I think if any team adds Shohei Otani, they take a massive leap forward and they need, they need another bat and they need another arm. And I mean, he's the only guy in the history of the game that serves both of those purposes. Um, and that includes Babe Ruth. But what's, um, the re- what's the realistic um, like what's the realistic prospect of obtaining Shohei Otani of him actually physically going to Seattle? I think it's low. I think he's probably going to stay with the Dodgers or the Angels. But I mean, West Coast makes sense, and Seattle yeah. would be a great destination. Yeah, I mean, so uh, the thing about Shohei is, is he's going to make so much money away from his playing contract where he will truly go where he wants to go. and uh, But I do think it will be with a West Coast team. I, I, I think you guys are right. I, either he stays, uh, you know, here in Los Angeles or maybe goes up to Seattle. All right, guys, that's uh, all the time we have for today as I nervously get ready for this Lakers-Warriors game. We'll see if they can close it out in five, if not game six. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.